Welcome to Living Harmoniously, an ever-expanding revolution of women, embracing their bodies and their extraordinary natural rhythms to enhance all aspects of life. Do you view your cycle as something that gets in the way of running your business? What if you could leverage better business practices off your cycle? That's what Talia and I are going to be talking about in this episode of Living Hormoniously, the podcast. We're going to be bringing it into the practicalities of running your business, leveraging of the gifts of your cycle from the day to day to the week to week, and joining me on this second last episode in our very first season of the podcast is my wing woman in the Wu-Tang Clan, Talia Minot. Welcome. Hello. Now we've talked about this a lot between us over the years because obviously we run a business together so there's two women two cycles and how do we work best with our cycles and so we've had a lot of discussion about this within our own living harmoniously headquarters and today we're going to break it down for other business women out there how they can actually leverage off their cycle how much of that kind of thinking do you think is even out there at the moment talia as far as women considering their cycle as an advantage in their business space? I think it's still pretty new, although recently there was a company that came out and they were talking about actually having a sick day for women on the first day of their bleed in their menstruation phase. So even that acknowledgement in a workplace is pretty amazing. There are two companies that I'm aware of in Australia that have more recently introduced these menstrual as well as menopausal policies that take into consideration what's happening within the physicality and the physiological of their female employees. Future Super was one of the earlier companies to do this and they uh, did this under the title of their bloody good policy they've named it and the more recent company is Modi Body. So what was interesting when Future Super stepped into this space of offering menstrual and menopausal leave is as expected it has divided conversation from women as to whether this is a step forwards or a step backwards. A commentary when Future Super stepped forwards to make this policy, their bloody good policy, from Professor Mary Ann Ann Baird was that it would be quite a different way of thinking about this, whether it's positive or negative for many women, because some feminists would say that this is actually a step backwards and give employers more reason not to employ women. What do you think? I think that's really interesting. Sure, there is the element that during your bleed, you know, your productivity isn't going to be as amazing as it is in other parts of the cycle, but there are other parts of the cycle, which we'll go into more detail about soon, where your productivity is so incredible. So in contrast, it actually balances itself out. You're not going at the same level all the way through, but you have these these times where your productivity is amazing and you have other times where it's not so much. And the reality of it is, if we all understood this better, it wouldn't be a case of we'll take a man over this because he can work like this, nine to five, five days a week with just a sort of flatline endocrine physiology happening within his body, whereas a woman might need some rest during those first few days of her bleed. But we also understand that, like you said, the efficiency and energy is only going to elevate for the rest of the cycle. As well, what needs to be considered in that conversation is that there's some women who will have absolutely 
no impact from their bleed. You know, their energy levels remain fairly steady. Their output and their creativity remains very much the same. That is the experience for many women. But there are a lot of women at the other end of the scale who also have very high impact from their bleed and leading into the bleed. And that sh they should not be penalised in the workplace and have to get up and go to work under those arduous circumstances when that's happening within them, the cycle that is just part of their own makeup, their own biology. Absolutely. Maybe we should break down the four phases and what's actually occurring in those phases so women can understand where they might be feeling more productive and when maybe they're not so much and those are the times that they can do different parts of, of business. Absolutely. So this is the essence of this particular podcast is so that we can help to break down for you the ways to best utilise the potencies that exist throughout the whole cycle, what suits what. The four phases, if you're unfamiliar, are phase one, follicular, phase two, ovulation, phase three is luteal, and the final component of the cycle is menstruation. Let's begin with follicular, shall we, Talia? Follicular is the phase, the first phase of the cycle, and we know this phase, even though it's the first phase, the way we can signify it for those who are cycling is it's the first day of no bleed is day one. That is the start of your cycle. So what is happening here, we have a rise in hormones. So the hormones have been quite stagnant during the bleed and then they start to rise in the follicular phase. And the hormones that are most present here are your estrogen and progesterone, with estrogen being the most dominant hormone here. And we can, if we look at a graph and we see the rise of these hormones, we encourage any woman to just simply Google the hormones, a hormone chart of the monthly reproductive cycle, because what you'll generally get is a correlating energy level with the rise and the fall of the hormones. So you'll see very clearly on any graph that estrogen and progesterone are rising through the follicular phase, which for most women does correspond with this great lift in energy post bleed. So how would we interpret this or how would we utilize this within the workplace? So this time or this phase of the cycle is actually a really amazing phase to be planting seeds or starting new projects. Our brainstorming capacity during this time is probably at its highest in comparison to the other three phases. It's a great time that we should be having those board meetings, group meetings, which is an interesting concept because there may be other women in that meeting who aren't cycling at the same phase as you, but it's just such a great platform for even you yourself to start on and then share that with the other women. And then when they're in those phases, that's what they can focus on during those phases. We're talking really to the women bosses here. So it's either your own company and it's just you're a sole trader, you're an entrepreneur, or you've got employees who are also working with you in that space. So if you're the boss, you can plan your think tanking times around that first week of your cycle when you're going to be feeling most dynamic, most likely you're going to have the highest level of creativity. So you don't need to force the ideas because they're going to be much closer to the surface with the clarity of thinking that comes with estrogen and progesterone on the rise. That's one way. And of course, as you mentioned, Talia, those meetings that we can have, not just within our own company, but it's a great time to begin extending ourselves outwardly in terms of communication. So say for a woman who works in sales, you've got to do your pitches, you're going to feel the least anxious and the most confident during 
this phase and leading into ovulation to extending yourself out with great confidence regarding the product or the service that you're selling. Absolutely. And because, like you mentioned, communication is key in this phase, for those of you who are listening who might not be the boss but are at a stage where you're like, okay, I really would like a pay rise. This is the phase to be asking for the pay rise. (laughs) (laughs) There is definitely an elevation of confidence and that's a really important thing to remember, even in the way that we can access what we need to access within our own grey matter is heightened during this time. So coming back to communication as a as a great tool and a very, very important tool within the workplace, the way that the brain's retrieval processes are able to access even great vocabulary to present our idea or our request for a pay rise is going to be that much better articulated. Moving to the ovulation phase, in the follicular phase where we're starting to extend ourselves out, our confidence is lifting, our energy is lifting, our creativity is is elevating, we've got lots of ideas coming in. How do we then harness that at what we would consider the, the energetic peak of the cycle during ovulation? The follicular phase is generally around, and this is a very average because obviously everyone's individual cycles can vary, but it's around seven to 10 days. So then we're talking about ovulation now, which is around three to four days. So that's, we always talk of of that in our workshops, like the peak of the mountain. So your energy is rising, rising and ovulation, you're like the peak of the mountain. Uh, Your hormone levels are all really high here, including testosterone, which does a little peak around ovulation. And we're really in that do, do, do phase. So we're feeling super confident, super sexy. Not sure if that's relevant to business, might be. Uh, (laughs) Depends what your business is, really. (laughs) But our productivity is probably at its highest here. On the other scale, we have to be aware during this phase to not get manic and not to overdo. You might notice that your productivity, so even if you're not, because we'll come to another clue around ovulation in a moment, but even if you're not across this clue we're about to give you, you might actually feel this within yourself that you're really starting to increase the amount of things that you're juggling and it feels pretty available and pretty accessible, but you might get that feeling that it's almost becoming a little bit frantic. And it is only this small window, as Talia just mentioned, just three to four days is the small window of ovulation to harness its power, but without becoming manic in that. Because remember, the energy levels might not stay at this peak for you for the following two weeks of the cycle. So when we're using the cycle intelligently in terms of our business, we need to have in mind that the projects that we're initiating during this time with all of this incredible energy, they either need to be longer than four weeks, so to carry us through to the next follicular and ovulation stage, or they need to be bite-sized enough that they're not going to overwhelm us when the energy starts to dip as we leave the ovulation phase and turn into the luteal phase. And you you might find your own indicators as well. Talia often jokes she can tell when I'm ovulating because all of a sudden (laughs) on our social media feed, I'm putting gratitude posts up about my really handsome husband. (laughs) And not just one or two, but there'll be this almost spree of like six to eight posts in two days, whereas the rest of the time on our social media, I'm pretty lapsed. So that's a good indicator that I am at the height of my ovulation. So So hilarious. It's really good for you to 
observe that for yourself. What are the things that give you the external indicators that, yes, you might be ovulating? But, of course, there is one very, very clear way in terms of our own bodily fluid that tells us, yes, I'm in this phase. Talia, I know you love this topic, so take it away. Cervical mucus is just my thing. I love this. So <laughs> going when we're starting to get closer to ovulation, cervical mucus will start to we'll start to see cervical mucus. So the first signs of this can be streaks on the undies. And there's three different phases of cervical mucus, which we go into much more detail in our workshops. But basically you start to see the lines on the undies and then you may start to notice it becomes more of a moisturizer texture. And when you get to the ovulation, the very peak fertile mucus, all mucus is fertile, but your ovulation is the very peak fertile mucus. It's like an egg white consistency and you might actually feel wet. And even sometimes when you wipe, it can be a little bit slippery. That's a physical sign that ovulation is occurring. That's a really easy way for you to go, okay, this is the phase that I'm moving into or I've moved into and it's a very, very small window. So if I've got some things that I need to get done, now's the time because the energy is not necessarily going to hang around as heightened as it's going to be there in the ovulation phase. So in terms of the office space or the business space, if you're a bit behind on your emails, really utilise the energy of ovulation to get on top of things, trying not to go into the next phase, the luteal phase, lagging behind, because you'll really, really feel that. In terms of, say, your office space itself, this is when we recommend that you go into organisation mode. So it's like you're prepping for the next phase when the energy is good. So all the tasks that you've got to tick off your list, try not to delay them if you can avoid it. Get them done during ovulation. So when you hit the next phase and energy starts to decline, you're not feeling the great overwhelm that can be the enormous suffering of so many women. Ovulation is also the time to bring the silly to the office it's the time to really connect into being light, bringing the comedy, bringing the fun, bring the dance-offs, bring the things that connect people <laughs> together because when we're ovulating as women, we are the great connectors. I love that. That's so great. Next phase is our luteal phase. So the luteal phase is approximately 10 to 14 days and this doesn't usually vary too much, whereas your follicular slash ovulation phase can shift dependent on stress levels and many other things. Like Lissy said, once you've hit the ovulation, the energy starts to decline and it happens slowly. This is because the hormones are declining during this phase and there is a little bit of a peak of progesterone, but mainly your hormones are starting to decline as you get closer to menstruation. And it's really important to just note from a physical perspective again is that the endometrium lining inside the uterus is actually thickening it's becoming more we are actually physically carrying a little bit more load and whilst it might seem small in the scheme of things I mean every woman can attest to feeling that extra heaviness in the abdomen to feeling maybe like we're a little bit bloated and sometimes we can even see that so just to start to become conscious that yes we are actually physically carrying a little bit more load during this time, which correlates with our lessening energy levels. So how do we utilise this, Talia, in the office space? This doesn't seem very productive at all. So this can be productive in a different way. So this phase is actually usually quite a creative phase. It is a more inner phase, so it's the time to probably be doing more solo work than group work and brainstorming. 
but also those projects that you've started in your follicular and your ovulation, this is the time to do the creative side of those at a more slower pace. So like you said previously, just to reiterate, you know, the projects that you've started there, you started 20 projects in your follicular, try and ensure that none of those projects deadline is in the luteal phase. Try and ensure that's in the following follicular or ovulation phase and work on a slower pace, creative side of these projects. And to reiterate, of course, they can actually, they they absolutely still can be done. We can do whatever. I mean, women have been proving that for decades since that first wave of feminism allowed women to go into the workspaces that they never should have been shut out from in the first place. So we're not saying you cannot do this because that's almost like the misogynistic rhetoric. It's saying that you can and do it absolutely, but how do you do it best for you? And so mm. to not have those overhanging deadlines in the luteal phase is the ideal. What Talia and I are talking about today is the refinement of using your own bodily systems to enhance the efficiency and the growth of your own business, as well as your enjoyment within it. But if a deadline ends up falling in that luteal phase, it's the awareness that if you do feel that overwhelm, acknowledging that, oh, hang on, that's right, I'm not just having a breakdown here. This is not just because I'm failing. It's actually because my system is already starting to shift and change and I'm having to work with that happening within me simultaneously. And that's really important to remember. In the luteal phase, it's you can feel a bit one foot in each camp where you might still want some contact with people around you. But as Talia already mentioned, there might be that increase in, in want to be a little bit solo, you might feel a little bit of narkiness is there. If there's difficult people in your workplace, <laughs> that might be quite heightened in that time and you might end up saying something that you're not going to feel as comfortable with later or you could potentially use it as a tool to say the thing that you otherwise don't have the courage to say to that person who's really pissing you off. <laughs> but you just have to, you just have to contemplate am I going to feel comfortable with saying that in this phase where I could be feeling a little bit more impatient or less tolerant in a week's time when I'm feeling perhaps a little bit softer? You might want to stay working in the office if you work in a, a co-creation space, but you might want to be working with the door shut and just going out when you want to. I love that. And it's so important to reiterate those things. Uh, so next phase is our menstruation phase. So this phase is roughly two to seven days for most women, and this is the phase of bleeding. So obviously it's a very obvious phase to us because we can physically see blood. For some women, again, like I said in the beginning, it doesn't feel like much at all. For a lot of women, it feels like joyous relief after the build-up of the luteal phase. It feels like the storm's coming and the menstruation can feel like, oh, the, you know, those clouds have, have broken and it feels like a beautiful relief. For other women, though, the first day or the first several days of a bleed can be horrific. They can be painful. They can be heavy. There can be pain in the abdomen. There can be pain in the low back. There can be pain in the whole vulva vagina region. There can be headaches. There can be back pain. There can be neck pain. These are possible experiences for many women, for women who are aware, they know that that's something that needs to be addressed. But regardless of that, what I'm trying to get at is that there are, are a lot of women who can't just push through their menstruation and pretend that everything's okay. And in the yeah. workplace, we need to be sympathetic to that until there's a better understanding of women's reproductive health. 
that promotes women to know that heavy, painful bleeds are not the normal and that they do not have to live with it and they get the support in that that's required. And what I love about us working together and this work is that when either of us have been in that menstruation phase, which for me has been quite some time now with two kitties occurring, um, but we always, you know, if one of us was bleeding, it would be like, okay, I'm menstruating now, and the other person would say, okay, take a couple of days, focus on that, and, you know, we'll come back to work after that. And I think this is what those companies you spoke of at the start are implementing, and I think it's such a great initiative, even if it's a work-from-home day so that you can just be in your Ugg boots and your comfy clothes and have your hot pack just to be able to take things a little bit slower and be a little bit kinder to yourself during these times. But that's so much part of it is just feeling like for a moment that you have permission to have the pressure off because if you are a woman with such a dynamic endocrine system, of course that should be accommodated and uh, not just expected to be pushed through. And that's mm. completely fine. That's not a weakness. That's not a vulnerability. It's just biological and should be supported. And we've all known, like we've raised this idea a year and a half ago about women having working from home days. It would be mind melting. But one thing that we've learned over the last year and a half is that working from home for many, many people is far more accessible and available than we previously knew was possible. So within a workplace situation, if you are able to set that up, that there's menstrual leave or there's a menstrual policy which allows either you as the boss or an employee to work from home during the first few days of the bleed, where simply being able to work in pyjamas, eating whenever you want, working from the couch with your laptop or in bed when you want, doesn't even necessarily decrease productivity because it alleviates the pressure and allows you to get on with it in the way that suits what's happening in the system. In terms of application other than working from home, this inward phase also can give us as women a really good opportunity to see a little bit more clearly the vision of our businesses. It's a beautiful inward time where we're much happier to be just with ourselves to reflect on what is the vision of my business? Am I currently aligned with that? Is it serving me both mentally, physically, how I want my lifestyle to be, the meaning or the purpose behind my intentions and take that time to be refining that sort of heart vision of your business. This phase has so many beautiful things about it, some that you've just covered, but it actually is a phase of quite high intuition and it's because the left and right hemisphere of the brain are firing the most during this phase. Like you said, it's a time to be a little bit more inner if that if that resonates with you and also to write down whatever's coming through to you about your business, your work. You know, the follicular, the next phase is you're planting the seeds, but this might be a really nice time to actually journal what those seeds might be or what those projects might be and then start to implement, plant them, share them with other colleagues during that follicular phase. And for other colleagues also to be understanding as well that this is a really great time to utilise from the women colleagues in that workplace 
the deeper insight and information that becomes available during this more inward time. So utilising that intuition of the women in the workplace, not just for ourselves, but how our male colleagues learn to lean into that. And if we have much more open communication about these benefits of the four phases of the cycle, perhaps one day we can come to a place, and I'm sure it is happening in certain workplaces, but it's more broadly understood. So it's never, ever seen as a negative. It's like, what what is the utilisation for this company of having a human being in this place that has a dynamic way of seeing particular projects, particular dilemmas within the workplace, stumbling blocks or obstacles on certain projects from many different perspectives across the course of a month. How can we then put that into modern day times is allowing the women to have the day at home, allowing them to be on their own, allowing their intuition to arise and, you know, having that real anticipation and excitement about whatever has come through to them for when they come back to the workplace. I'd like to raise the radical idea of a cycle calendar that exists in the workplace that can be seen by the other employees who would like to be involved with that. So again, how we draw on the strengths of any, at any given time of any of the women in the workplace, as well as how we elevate compassion when compassion's required. Yeah, I love that. And the reason why these phases are so different is because fundamentally as women, we are different every day of our cycle due to what is occurring with our hormones, which affect our productivity, our energy, our emotions, and even our digestion. So the hormone system is a whole body system. It's not just about what's going on in the uterus. It's about what's going on in the whole body. Important to acknowledge as well for the women in the workplace who are in the menopausal phase of life, so they haven't had a bleed for more than 12 months, they again are moving into a new phase of life that doesn't involve these day-to-day changes. So the difference of knowing when you've got somebody in the workplace or you yourself in the workplace are going to be very different, how you present in the workplace as a woman still in her ovulating years and a woman who is in that steady power of menopause. What I love about that menopausal phase too, and I've heard you speak about this before, it's like the energy that went to your cycle during the reproductive years or the cycling years is now with you and can go into all those other projects. And I so see this with menopausal women, how much energy and power they have behind specific projects. And I love that. What we know now from having more conversations from women diving more deeply into the understanding of a woman's hormonal life is that menopause becomes the flourishing of the woman to her fullness in terms of the full potential of her life, just as you said, Talia. So it's that turning inward of that creator energy that's no longer being leached out each month in the ovulation cycle, but turning back into the woman herself so that all the work that she's done previously in her life during the dynamic perspective changes of the ovulating years enables her now to completely flourish into her full life purpose, into her full life potential. So that harnessing in the workplace of the wisdom of woman elderhood is the next powerful phase of intelligence. Yeah, absolutely. We're always talking in ideals. It would be so amazing if your workplace could do this or you could implement these things. But even just understanding or having knowledge about what those phases mean in terms of work, I think that is so powerful. And to start small, you don't have to just go into work tomorrow and declare that every woman is now going (laughs) to 
you know, have a menstrual calendar and every man is going to be across it. And every time he sees that little red love heart to signify a woman's bleed, he's going to get up in her face and say, hey, what are we going to do about this? Intuition <laughs> on this. Just take it step by step. Conversations in the kitchen. And, you know, in the, if you have a communal kitchen, I mean, not much communal going on at the moment with so many lockdowns happening everywhere. It might be just in those Zoom spaces or in those project <laughs> chat rooms or whatever it is. It's the gentle conversations that no longer hides what's happening within your body at any given time. And then the refinement for you as the businesswoman is utilising the four phases their different energies, their different gifts to enhance your business. And one thing I just want to add at the end here is if you don't have one of those calendars, something that you can do during your bleed phase is tell your colleagues that, you know, this is what I'm going to be wearing to signify my bleed. So it might be a beautiful chain with just a little red drop on it or it might be a beautiful pair of earrings. Rather than having to say it, you can just be wearing something that allows your other colleagues to be like, oh, so-and-so is in her bleeding phase. I'd like to just recommend wearing a gigantic plushy vulva suit. (laughs) Actually, I just saw on Instagram the other day this woman who makes these amazing earrings, which are actually the shape of a pad with like a bloody spot on it. And it sounds weird, but they're actually so awesome. And she's in the UK. Shout out to her. Can't remember her Instagram tag, <laughs> but I would love to rock those at work. I think they'd be amazing. <laughs> I just love to get, you know, your old school fella who's on the board. <laughs> he's been there for a while. He's got some cobwebs and he just gets all up in your grill during your menstrual week and you just point to the pad, point to the earring pad, back it up, but... We're here. We're here right now. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I think there's so much fun to also be had in that space. We talk in ideals and we often, you know, we obviously talk about this with great earnestness because we know the damage that's done when awareness is not there or suppression, even worse, is there. We also know the health and the freedom and the happiness that comes with education and it's creating a beautiful revolution. And in that, you can absolutely have a lot of fun with the power, at least in the West right now, that women have to be talking about the inner workings of what's happening in their body and know that that's absolutely valid, valuable and relevant. So, mm. Talia, thank you so much for another brilliant conversation and uh, I certainly hope Thank that- you. <laughs> And thank you, too, for listening to this episode. Please share it around. We want to reach as many women as we possibly can. This really is creating quite the global revolution of education through conversation. See you later. Happy cycling. If you've got a question, you'd like to suggest a guest or get in contact with myself, Lissy Turner, yoga therapist, or with Talia Minot, holistic nutritionist, www.livinghormoniously.com. Hope you can join me for next episode of Living Harmoniously, the podcast.